What's up? It's J. Mar Green, and you're listening to The Bum Radio Show every Friday from 9 to 12. Now, how you bumming? Hey, yo, it's your black boy full of joy, Keontae H., and I'm out here on Harrison and Wells finding out how people embody a bold and uncensored movement in their everyday lives through the question, how you bumming? Today, I'm here with the founder of All Kids Matter Foundation and Taste for the Homeless, Michael Earhart. So, Michael, how you bumming? You know how I'm bumming. Grew up in all Gale Gardens as a kid that wanted to do a lot of things for the community, feed a lot of kids, my friends, the community. Just grew up wanting to make sure that everybody had a plate to eat, something to eat. That is what made me who I am today. Loving, caring, sharing, making sure that everybody get that nice taste of food. All right, all right, Michael, we appreciate you. Once again, it's your black boy full of joy, Keontae H, signing off. All right, we are back. That was a How You Bumming segment with one of our guests that we had. It was a community spotlight, Michael Earhart. It's amazing, guys. We got, we got special guests joining us in a little while. Susanna Mendoza, Congressman Robin Kelly, LaShawn Ford, as well as some others. All right, so we're going to go through this election. We've had a long election, and in studio with me is somebody that I think should be talking about this with me. Uh, the one and only uh, Mary Datcher. What's up, Mary? How you doing? Hi, you feeling good? Can y'all hear me? No, one, no, one, no, two, no, no. Let me get on my no. comp. There you go. We've been doing. Hey, Al Greer. I didn't even know you had Al <laughs> on the board. All right. What's up, Mary? How you doing? You doing good? I'm, it's I'm been blessed. a long election, it right? It's been a long, like, from 2015. I feel like from the last mayoral election going into the presidential election, going into the gubernatorial election, going into the county, going into this, and then a runoff? And then a runoff, right? (laughs) And the runoff is ended where Lori Lightfoot, um, the underdog, uh, and, and, you know, for a while has now become the first black female mayor as well as the first openly gay mayor and the first mayor to have an interracial marriage and so uh i think that she broke a lot of, broke uh, a lot of barriers. Uh, 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 barriers and and <laughs> a lot of um you know uh walls down and i i think that she you know i want to be optimistic and i think that she is anybody is better than Rahm Emanuel and i'm gonna be clear on that you know i think that uh, my mentee Jalen here um, How you is, doing? Yeah, he's definitely better than Rahm Emanuel any day. <laughs> and so, you know, I think she's going to do a great job. So I think we should give her a chance. So Lori Lightfoot won in a landslide. It was a beat down. Beat down. 50-point win, almost 250,000 votes. Yeah. I mean, can you believe that? Yeah, I can. You can? And, <laughs> and really, I can. And if you're out there in the street and you're really hitting the beat and you're talking to people – and you're really hitting them where their where their heartstrings are. You it, it didn't take a rocket science, and it's unfortunate that you know some of our elders out there, those that have been out too close to the flame, mm-hmm. not backing mm-hmm. up enough to really see the reality of what real people are feeling. What real people are feeling? We're so you know? caught up in the machine of yeah. where their position and role was going to be if yeah. they stuck with the status quo. Right, and right. And to me, that's when you have become. A little too content. So who is the status quo to you in your opinion? Status quo is is people that have been doing this for a living for a long time. Okay. And they've been very fortunate to fly off the the wings of of the Harold Washingtons, uh, of the John Strogers, of the Lou Palmers, 
um, they have been very blessed to really ride off these shoulders, and they have not captured that as a lesson to pass on or bring yeah, up the next yeah, bring up the couple next, of, I'm not saying the next generation, the next couple of couple generations. Couple of generations. And so they're holding on. They're holding on so tight. That and that they, was a they, they, that, they that was a big, uh, that was a big, you know, uh, they wanted that, we wanted, I guess, so people all over the city want that message heard. And they, yeah. they it was heard loud and clear. It was, it was heard 50 very. points. It wasn't even close. And yeah. um, I would also say that uh, I do think that, and, and Madam Preckwinkle is is someone I do respect, um, and have been known since I was, you know, a very young young boy. Yes. Uh, my mother was her mayor lady, and um, I do think that her organization um, ran a very horrible campaign, and um, yeah. you know, and, and and it could have been it could have been better, um, it, and, it, it and could, I knew the yeah. insides and out. Um, and Lori Lightfoot ran uh, a better, uh, a stronger that she had a stronger team of people who uh, were on it at every moment, and uh, they did well. So let me let me go through the rest of them. The city treasurer is now Melissa Conyers-Irvin, who is the wife of, uh, of Alderman Irvin. Jason Irvin. And, you know, it's going to be too much, might be a little bit too much power in that household. What's Jason, too much power? See, Jason yeah, Irvin already on the finance committee. Y'all don't say and then that you about got the dailies and you don't say it about the Burks and you don't say it about Well, the guess Vidoliacs. what? The dailies and the Burks, <laughs> Vidoliacs, name all the families. They all was corrupt. So that means that they we should allow well, black families to be corrupt. No, too? it's not about corruption. You identify with corruption. Why I identify it too is a sense of power mm-hmm. as well and making right. sure that the people around you are empowered by what your platform's gonna be. Okay. And okay. and that's our that's part of the responsibility of of making sure that you encompass those around you that hopefully can do the job without right. that corruption taking hold. Right. Okay. Well, so uh, I'm not against that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I got a little different <laughs> opinion on that. Uh, the Alderman of the first was Daniel Laspada. He beat out uh, um, Alderman Joe Moreno. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alderman of the second ward um, was oh, well. Ryan was uncontested. Let me get to uh, Padau won her ward against Alexandria. Uh, she will be the alderman again. Sophia King beat out Ebony Lucas, and this was in February 26. Yeah. Um, the fifth ward it went to a runoff. William Callow and Leslie Harrison. They're within 150 votes right now, counting mail-in votes. Uh, so it's it's a tight battle. Uh, he's giving her a run for for her money with uh, both of them having about six thousand plus votes, and yeah. so uh, that war definitely won for change. So mm-hmm. even if William Calloway doesn't win this time, uh, Leslie Harrison will not be able to hold that seat. I think the next time her ward is definitely so. speaking to her. I don't think so. No, no, that ward is speaking to her with how many people are coming out against her. You know, incumbents that have strongholds would never be in a dead heat hundred vote battle. That just tells you that you're vulnerable that next time. Well, yeah, and and. I'll all of them are at this point. Yeah, all, all of them. them all of them are. Roger Soria, he won his ward mm-hmm. again. Um, you know, by about seven, eight hundred votes against Deborah Foster Bonner. Uh, um, uh, Greg Mitchell got his ward again. Uh, Michelle Harris got her ward again. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bill got his ward uh, uh, again. Uh, Suzanne Garza got her ward again. Patrick Daly Thompson. Um, but let, let's get to some of the awards that were. I mean, how did Ed Burke win again? You know, we this was this is an insane election. Ed, Ed Burke wins again, and he has a 
uh, a very stronghold on this war. He's taking care of his people. Yeah. He, and in a predominantly mm-hmm. Hispanic war. Predominantly Hispanic war. Stephanie Coleman is the new alderman of the 16th ward. Yeah, I uh, like her spunk. I you like know what? This is the definition of how you win a war. Yeah. She, she ran last time, lost, mm-hmm. ran for committeeman, won the committeeman yeah. spot, stayed at every Inglewood event for, <laughs> since the election, showed her face at every single thing that the alderman didn't even show herself yeah. to. She acted like the alderman, then ran this time and beat her in a landslide. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, congratulations to uh, Stephanie Coleman. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think that she's going to do a great job. New Alderman of the 20th Ward, Jeanette. That's my ward. That's your ward? Yes. Jeanette Taylor uh, is the new Alderman. Uh, she was supported by many, many labor unions. And, uh, you know, uh, she she was on the hell. hunger strike. She was she was one of the ones at Dyer High School who yeah. was on that hunger strike to save diet. Mm-hmm. and. And now she's won this seat. So I think that um, she's she's definitely going to give him hell. Howard Brookins won his ward again, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> let, let me let me let, let me let me this let me get to some other This is definitely going to be his yeah. last term. Make sure of it. Uh, Alderman 25th Ward. Uh, Byron Lopez is a new Alderman 25th Ward. That was Danny Solis Ward. Yeah, uh, and Danny, Danny Solis. Out of there. Well, Danny, look, Danny snitched. Okay, man, my man Danny told on everybody. Committee, and for <laughs> all you all tuning in, yeah, that yeah. means that zoning committee oversees a great deal of where you're told, where you're told, right, where yeah. you're not allowed to park. Uh-huh, all of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, Danny Solis. Developers Solis's, love it. Yeah, yeah. Danny so, Solis is off in the sunset uh, uh, because you know he had the <laughs> FBI microphone on him for a long period oh, of time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, my man, Trick. thank you, thank you for tricking. I appreciate <laughs> you for getting rid of this corruption that we got in city council. Uh, and <laughs> come on, we supposed to trick. That's what they supposed to do now. Uh, Alderman Raboras beat Luis Gutierrez's uh, uh, daughter, Dora, yeah. uh, and and she she ran a great race. It was very yeah, close. Papa's um, money didn't help. She was a, she ran a very very close. Uh, it wasn't race. that close. It, it, it was close. It was very close. Actually. How close was it? It, it was. It was within a few, uh, couple about, hundred votes. About it was a within couple a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah. Was, last my check close. was like he was ahead, maybe like eight hundred. No, so they, no. Yeah. Well, he must have had some good mail in votes yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. All right, and um, uh, you know, let's see. Uh, Andre Vasquez beat Pat O'Connor. And man, Pat O'Connor rules, is the floor leader. Man. Yeah, hip hop rules. rules, right? So, thank, uh, congratulations to Andre Vasquez for beating Rahm Emanuel's floor leader, who shouldn't have never been there in the first place. Thank <laughs> you, Andre. Uh, and Pat O'Connor, I think, took over um, as an interim um, in the finance committee. Yeah, uh, he wasn't doing a good job. All right, so forty uh, third. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, um, Matt Martin, forty seventh Ward, young guy. And uh, I think he's going to do a good job mm-hmm. as well. So congratulations to Matt Martin. Congratulations to New Alderman of 49th, uh, Maria Hatton. We had an amazing election. So yeah. I want to bring in uh, um, uh, my one of my special guests uh, that I have calling in. And she just happened to be a congresswoman. And, uh, you know, she is definitely one of my favorites. And she she's always speaking out and on the right side of history. Congresswoman Robin Kelly. How you doing, Congresswoman? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Me up. That's how I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for joining us on Late Night Radio. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm cutting into your bedtime. Now, that, now, talk to me, Congresswoman. How do you feel 
about uh, the election, uh, about some of the automatic candidates that 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 you erases that you think were uh, 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 amazing, and and Lori Lightfoot being the mayor, and where do you think we go as the city? You know, how do we move forward? Well, you know, I'm thrilled that Lori won, and usually I don't really get involved in um, or haven't so much in Chicago elections, and uh, but she talked to me before. You know, she announced she was running. We said she said she wanted to sit down and have coffee, and didn't tell me what it was about. And for some reason, I had a fleeting thought of what it might be about. And when she told me that she decided to run, you know, I just immediately had a positive reaction, and uh, I'm happy for it. She worked really, really hard. It's not easy beating 13 other people, and she beat some very prominent. She beat me too, now. I called you too, now, Congresswoman. (laughs) I know. I said it's not easy beating 13 people, right? And and she beat prominent people, well, you know, well-known people, but I think that, um, you know, it, it's 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 skill and and there's luck and there's timing and and all of that combined and and I think it you know it it worked out well for her and I think that the people of Chicago are saying through her race and through some of the changes uh, in the automatic races that they want to see something different. Yeah, and so so now she's come out and said Alderman Burke uh, is come out against her saying. Uh, I mean, or or trying to, I guess, get the council wars back started like he did in Harold Washington days. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and she's first thing in office she's going to do is she's going to come in for that automatic prerogative. So, you know, how right. does she, uh, uh, Congresswoman, you know, uh, utilize the new aldermen that are coming in and build that coalition that she needs uh, to fight against the Ed Burks of the world who shouldn't who shouldn't even still be there after 105 years? Well, the thing is, she, yes, she should build relations with the new, but she should still build relations with uh, those that are there. And remember, there are some that were there that did endorse her, you know. And uh, so, I mean, she's, she still needs to work with everyone or as many people as she can, whether they were with her, you know, or not. I mean, um, I, I, you know, she's a very smart woman, so she's coming in that, you know, everything wasn't going to be easy or the honeymoon wasn't going to last a long time with some of the, you know, changes that she wants to make. But, yes, yeah. build relations with the new people coming in, but also, um, you know, with the people that are already there as much as she can. And then and some of the people that were there, they did endorse her. So, so how are you as the congresswoman on uh, the federal level uh, how do you see your partnership with Lori Lightfoot, and how will you you guys kind of work together to make sure that um, you know resources get to communities that need it, and you have, of course, neighborhoods that need resources in your district, and and really uh-huh. champion some of her issues on a on a federal level. What's going What's What's going to be your well, relationship? Well, I mean, the I've been championing it since I've been there. The whole gun violence prevention, and it's not just about legislation, which finally we're passing some it's not just about that but it's about police community relations and it's about investing uh in these neighborhoods so our folks are picking up you know job skills and good hobbies and jobs and not picking up guns so i I mean i'm there with her uh all the way and uh 
also I've been a part of um, uh, police strategies uh, task force that was put together, um, and I did bring a group of um, Congress people to um, Chicago, and we talked to folks under 30. We talked to the police, the Chicago police. We also talked to suburban police, too. So, I mean, however I can help her, but the big thing is, um, one of the big things is helping with, you know, appropriations and also passing um, uh, national legislation because it's not just, you know, um, Chicago's not the only place, you know, that things are happening. We just hear too much about it here, it seems like, or, you know, it's Trump's favorite place probably because it's where the prior president was, you know, so unlived. But, no, whatever I can do, you know, appropriations-wise, uh, bringing people here. The Congressional Black Caucus, uh, I believe a, a group will be here in June and about this very issue. So we, you know, we want to, um, you know, include her, include uh, the governor, you know, um, and also uh, I'm not sure what she's going to do, you know, with the office in D.C. yet, but definitely be in close contact with them. Congresswoman, this is Mary Datcher. How are you? Hi, Mary. How are you? Good, good. Um, when you were saying that you pretty much supported um, mayor-elect, well, then um, attorney Lori Lightfoot in regards to her decision to run for mayor, you know, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts in t- uh, when it came to your your colleagues, Congressman Danny Davis and Congressman Bobby Rush, in terms of their oh, support for Preckwinkle? No, no, that wasn't but I mean... Danny Davis well, went for Willie. They then he went other for Willie. But the final, the final consensus was that um, they went ahead and, and supported Lori yes. Lightfoot. You know what? A part of me was surprised. A part of me wasn't surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Same here. Um, I didn't. I wasn't sure what they uh, were going to do. We didn't really. You know, we talked a little bit and while we're, you know, we were in D.C. and as well as with Quigley and uh, Chewy, you know, um, and I would tease Chewy saying, Chewy, what are you going to do? I would tease him and because uh, I knew that he, you know, was definitely leaning Lori, but I wasn't sure what, um, you know, uh, Bobby and Danny were going to do. I kind of thought uh, Congressman Davis was going to go Lori, but... Um, I, I wasn't sure what Congressman Rush was going to do. What do you feel with the comments that were um, quoted? Blood on your hands. At- oh, I did not like that at all. Yeah. We we signed a letter. I don't know what they did with it because I've been in D.C. so much, so I didn't know if the letter was ever posted that a number of us signed. But, no, I did not like that he said that at all. I, I mean, especially um, – I've been fighting hard around the, the the violence issue, you know, and um, whoever committed the violence, you know, and and for him to say that, I thought that was very very unfair. Well, I mean, you know, we can we can say uh, this uh, this upcoming election, you got an election coming up, right? Um, uh, on Mar- in March, um, mm-hmm. and you know they they have elections coming up as well, and I think many statements, uh, many endorsements could hunt them if there are some formidable candidates that step up. And I, and I just hope that um, elected officials and 
uh, you congresswoman, uh, a woman, uh, uh, can now unify to put some better leadership in these positions going forward. Uh, I don't mean to put you against your colleagues, but when you say things like, oh, that you're going to have blood on your hands if you vote for this person, or you endorse somebody uh, that wants to put drones all over communities and increase violence, uh, you know, at, at a certain point, we all have to band together. Uh, just as we are with Kim Fox, but now banding together against this type of rhetoric uh, and say that we actually need change in certain districts uh, uh, going forward. And so, well, of course, uh, also that that's up to those certain districts. It's, it is, you know, just like my district. You know, they decide whether to keep me or not keep me. I mean, I work very hard. I hope enough people know that <laughs> right you know and i feel like i represent them well and that's a decision just like chicago just made you know that decision that's what every that's what every district you know they need to make that decision and first of all uh i will say um you know my district is urban suburban and rural and you know in the burbs the turnout was very low you know, and wow. they were putting mayors in place, you know, just like Chicago, uh, trustees or council people in place. And, you know, people have to pay attention. I, I know sometimes people feel like, uh, you know, what difference does it make? But it makes a difference, you know. And uh, if that uh, November when Trump was voted into office, if that didn't do it for people, you know, um, and what we have to fight and the things he wants to do. I, I, I just don't know what will make the difference. Congresswoman, have you made a decision on which presidential candidate that has announced? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> tell you that right now. <laughs> Too many friends. <laughs> and by, I mean, I started and by the DNC with being so close and Beto. to home, right? I thought you was feeling the burn, Congresswoman. <laughs> I'm not feeling the burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I would support whoever definitely, you As know, came out. But but uh, it, it was so many friends running beside, you know, my colleagues that I actually served within the House, but, you know, with Corey and Kamala, CBC members, um, uh, uh, Gillibrand has been, you know, very nice to me and supportive you know it's really it's hard you know and uh but as i say some people some people are running for president some people are running for vice president some people are running for cabinet positions mayor pete has been very supportive of me you know so peter peter uh buddha buddha how you say his name buddha check buddha judge yeah buddha judge yeah. yeah 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 he he's actually uh he's been getting my attention a little bit i like i like, yeah, pete. I like mayor pete and um mm-hmm. we we're gonna have him on a show soon uh we had andrew oh, yang yeah. on the show uh last week uh talking about and 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 let me let me i know we on local politics but you the congresswoman i want to ask you about this quickly uh andrew yang just put out a new policy today that says that he wants um, Supreme Court justices to only serve up to 18 years. He believes there should be a term limit, and he doesn't believe that you should be 80, uh, be, be uh, a Supreme Court justice forever until you die uh, on this on the the bench. Do you? How do you feel about that? I, I would definitely entertain that notion, and I don't even have, and I'm not even going by, to be honest with you, the age because when I look at 
it's about capacity in a lot of ways. When I look at like my colleagues, like you know Maxine Waters and and um, John Lewis is all over the place all the time. I always ask him when we are recess, are you going home to rest? You know, I mean we have Nancy Pelosi. You know, we have people that are you know up there, but are very vibrant and know what they're doing and blah 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 blah. But I do think. Like now, uh, the president is naming all these people, and while he'll be gone, but we'll be stuck, (laughs) you know, with um, these judges, like you said, until they die. So I I don't have a number in mind, because right now, you know, I want uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg to hang in there as long as she can, (laughs) you know, but but no, I, I, I think there's something to that. So I'm gonna I'm give you. I'm, I'm a, a last question. What's your? Give me your uh, your advice to Lori Lightfoot. If you you could say, you know, she's gonna go up against um, uh, uh, Ed Burke and his team, and she's gonna go up against uh, people who don't agree with some of her policies. Uh, she Fine. only, you know, she only says, you know, she only believes that a mayor should serve two terms. So she she may only do eight years, and she got a lot to try to cram in. What's your advice as a congresswoman, as an elected official on the federal level? My advice. Compromise? Tell me what your advice to her is. My advice to Lori Lightford is, number one, surround yourself with the best people yes. you can surround yourself with. I mean, that has been my, from state rep to Alexis chief of staff to working for Tony to uh, my job right now. I've tried to surround myself with the best staff I could surround myself with, and and I listen. You know, I know I don't know everything, and I, I listen to, you know, my staff, but that, that would be the number one thing to uh, surround herself with the best staff that she could surround herself with. And then also, um, uh, I know, you know, there's a lot of things she wants to do, but, you know, um, you know, try to learn as much as she can learn. And I remember when... You know, I worked uh, for Alexi. He didn't just come in, and I know people want change, but he vetted people. You know, he looked at what they did, how they did it, you know, their enthusiasm for their job, you know. So so I don't know if it's necessary. I, I don't know. She has to make this decision to throw yeah. everybody out and bring everyone new in. I don't she needs to throw all ROM people out. That's what needs to happen. Anybody with ROM, <laughs> well, going with know. ROM. He throw everybody out. I don't know. That's, that's what I was you saying. Know, yes, but I'm can. just saying but that. But that's why, that's why uh, ROM Emanuel is trying to give all of his favorite people these extensive contracts. Oh, that's, that's right. Make it. I forgot yeah, about so that. He put Janice Jackson under a, a, a six-month severance if she's fired. And, you know, he's giving him all these uh, shiny any contract just in case Lori Lightfoot wants to fire them. Yeah, and it's and it's disgusting, you know. So be looking over the next month at who gets these contracts mm-hmm. that are city officials mm-hmm. so that Lori is in a position where, oh, we're going to lose a lot of money if we fire them and have to hire somebody else or we and, have And I also people. think that, like, I know because so many people are contacting me, so I know, you know, everybody yeah. wants to hear there and everywhere, and, and she has to take a little step back because it's been brutal, you know, for herself so she can think her way through these things and not just be rushed, you know, from one thing to another. Right. Yep. All right. Well, Thank you right. so much, Congresswoman. Take care. Uh, I, I appreciate you for joining us on the <laughs> Bum Radio Show, the bold, uncensored movement. Uh, How you can are... I tell you no? 
<laughs> Thank you, Congresswoman. You never tell well, me no, and I appreciate what you. you do. Take care. <laughs> okay. Soon. All right. So, uh, you know, let's 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 dive back into it. All right. So right now, you know, we have uh, a very tough election and uh, my next guest is about to uh, 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 be in. And we got the Congresswoman, uh, Robin Kelly, uh, who uh, was just on. And I think that she is um, she has done some some amazing things and she has been on the right side of history. So she's one of the Congresswomen who jumped behind Lori early and and you know she she betted on the right one right yes yeah, she did so we gotta we gotta we gotta ask you know what is the hardest thing that you guys think is gonna be what's gonna be the hardest thing for Lori Lightfoot before I bring in my, my next guest Mary what's what's the hardest thing for Lori Lightfoot you think well the, the hardest thing is gonna definitely be making sure that she does not she she hires the right people yes that understand I the that of the city because Rom doesn't have good people that understand that are really connected to the city well he think. had at one point and then he they did. all kind of disappeared they all left the private after sector, Laquan. yeah you know but i think <laughs> that's going to be the most important and even when i asked her the question that the morning after at push was making sure that you not only have a diverse yeah. administration but making sure you have the right representation especially mm-hmm. in the black community right mm-hmm. and that's important because, because if you don't have nobody issue. in administration that's connected to the black community the, exactly. the resources will never get there and and making sure that there is an even i think it should be an even balance because from what i'm seeing the transition team experience but the worry is you have this this perception that there's a black and brown coalition there isn't and there isn't kara what's the what's the what's the I hardest mean, thing you think just Looking at it from like an organizing standpoint, it's a lot of convincing. It's a lot of uh, mediation that I believe that needs to happen. So that way that she is actually able to do her job and she just does not come into protest. Putting putting together, bringing together the activist community. Yeah, Yeah. I think that that's going to be like a big deal because she did sit on a police board and she did kind of rub a lot of people the wrong way in certain essence. So I think yeah. that that's going to be like a major point. So that way she can get big. that millennial so, year so to, for, for work. Well, you know? I will say she adopted the policy that I presented to her of activists and young people to advise her on policies and reforms in each department. So I do think that that's going to be a great thing uh, for the city. Uh, and so let me bring in my guest because uh, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm past her curfew too. <laughs> she is the one and only the comptroller who controls all the money in the state, the billions and billions of dollars, and make sure you get your checks. Uh, she was also a mayoral candidate and uh, someone that I think is is just amazing. My kids love her too, right? So let's bring in uh, my guest, the one and only Susanna Mendoza. How are you? Hey, Jay Mal, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, my man? <laughs> uh, I am so good. Thanks for joining us here on the Bum Radio Show. We are, uh, of course, talking about this amazing election. How do you feel first? Tell me how you feel that the election is over because you went, uh, you had two elections back to back. So now the election is over. Now we have, uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot as the mayor. Um, you know, how do you think the election went and, and how do you think the city, uh, will be in the future? Well, I think it it went the direction it needed to go. I mean, obviously you and I both, uh, threw our hat in the rings, hoping uh, to get to lead this amazing city. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. I think that the, the people of Chicago chose a great candidate. Um, you know, while we're both on the campaign trail, you really kind of get to know people. And there were some people we had no relationships with that now I think we're, 
we're going to have great relationships with moving forward and yeah. that you learn to respect some people so much and others you really lose respect for. And it's the nature of the beast. But Lori was definitely one of those candidates that I gained a ton of respect for on the campaign trail. And I was truly happy um, the other night when you and I were both at her um, election night party. And, yeah. and truly, like, not in, in that one nanosecond did I feel like, it wasn't the right person that was uh, that was winning that night. So I was yeah. super happy, and I think it's going to be good for Chicago. And we all got to rally behind her and support her and help her do a good job for our city, right? Because it's not about us. It's about the city. It's about the city. Did you believe when on February 26th when she was number one? Were, were, were you shocked? How did, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, you know, obviously for quite a while there was this, this belief that, like, yeah. the top – uh, the top candidates that had the chance to get into that runoff was between Preckwinkle, Bill Daly, and myself. And right. that's not me, like, touting myself. I just think it's, like, the common thought at the time. And we were all vying to be, in my case, I was vying to be number two to get into the runoff and then hopefully win, uh, come into first, right? But, right? but there was always this possibility that Lori could find that lane. And given all the stuff with, you know, the Burke and all the scandals and, you know, how it was really difficult for anybody who'd been in office to disassociate disassociate themselves or distance themselves enough, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and it is what it is. I mean, like, timing has so much to do with it. But at the end of the day, I would say this, regardless of timing and the confluence of events and, you know, like, bad luck for, like, someone like me, uh, at the same time, like, she was a great candidate. Yeah. And yeah. because she wasn't well-known, she started off at a massive disadvantage where because people didn't know her, they just wrote her off, right? Right, they did. And you should never write anybody off who is, like, as no. smart and talented as, as she is. And and she found her lane. She stuck with it. She'd been plugging away for a year, whereas, you know, a lot of us came in towards the end. And uh, to her credit, she never gave up. She and never gave up. I think a lot of people underestimated her. Truly, I did not. I always knew that she was a tough cookie and she's super she smart. Was. I she was. I never underestimated her. Yeah, she used know. to throw throw jabs. She threw a jab at you at my uh, at, the, at the debate I hosted, and you guys were going at it, you know. So she she was she was. I don't think I ever ever in any of the forums showed any disrespect whatsoever oh, to no. Lori. I politics. have a lot of respect for her. But, uh, but I would, you know, she would often, the only time she'd throw a jab at me was when she'd always say, like, well, where were all these people right. when, you know, Ron <laughs> Manuel was, um, was mayor, right? And, and I kept saying, hey, look, I mean, it's a fair critique, but I was busy beating the tar out of Bruce Rauner, and that's a fact, right? <laughs> so from my perspective, like, I was not going to throw my hat in the ring for mayor until I knew with 100% certainty right. that Bruce Rauner was no longer governor of Illinois, because that was the bigger fight for me, you know, yeah. and... Uh, he was just destroying our state, and, and all yeah. of the people that were hurt the worst were the people who could least afford it. So He's, he's gone in a win now. he was gone, that's when I knew, okay, I'm going to take an opportunity. to It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to lead the city that love it. That has such an impact on the rest of the state, right? So, so, yeah, yeah. So, tell me, so tell me your advice. What do you tell Lori now, um, you know, especially all of us who have been closer to her, you know, in the runoff and, and talking to her about how to – uh, uh, you know, uh, move, you know, what, what do you tell Lori, right? What's your advice to her as, as an elected official, um, as, as the comptroller, you know, she's going to deal with a lot as a woman. Matter of fact, you know, you being a, a minority woman fighting against Bruce Rauner and many white men, politicians that she's going to have to fight against and Ed Burks of the world, you know, what do you tell her yeah. 
as a the first female, uh, uh, the black female woman to win, the, the first uh, uh, um, uh, openly gay mayor to win, uh, she's going to get a lot of backlash. How does she get through it all? Well, um, I, I tell her to smile. One, <laughs> enjoy this opportunity that she's been given to serve the public. It is like the most incredibly awesome thing, right? So, right. Responsibility number one, and enjoy that, right? It's going to be the hardest job in the world, and it's going to make you um, sometimes question why you did it, but yeah. you should find an opportunity to to relish in the fact that she has this responsibility, and with it, um, there's just so much that she can do, and so she yeah. should smile in that, and smile. do that like legitimately, but most importantly, though, it's like, I would say a few things here. Number one, surround yourself by incredible staff, and that's important yes. in, in terms of being a good leader. She's got to find people that, number one, were with her from the beginning, right, that she knows she can trust, who right. believed in her when a lot of other people didn't, and don't distance yourself from those people, but also be open to bringing in people who, you know, might not even be of the same train of thought, but, right. like, nonetheless want to help the city, right? right, who are really smart and who know a lot about, you know, how things run. Uh, number two, though, I'd say she's got to trust herself, right? Like, continue to be strong yeah. and always trust your gut. And so those are going to be a ton of people whispering in her ear what she needs to do, and they, they know more than she does. And I don't know a lot, perhaps, about the city and how it runs and she does. But she'll love it. She always needs to trust her gut. And if she does that, I think she's going to be for these wars of tough cookies. And I think that, you know, while we haven't done each other for a long time, I feel like there's a lot of stories in the magic. And I think that she does protect as far as I've gotten, if I didn't trust my gut and not let people who think they know, um, you know, people that come up in the game late that think they know everything and that you've got to follow their lead. No, she's a mayor now. She's going to lead the city and it's just help her. And, and hopefully she'll be smart enough to be able to kind of smell the yes when it's in her arena. Right. Yeah, exactly right. Mary? How you doing, you get a lot of you get a lot of when you went to the mayor's office, right? They're not real friends. Exactly. <laughs> so I got Mary Datcher who's gonna gonna ask you a question. How Hi, you Mary. doing, Madam Comptroller? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. How are you? So after such a, um, to me, it seemed like it was a rigorous race uh, with so many candidates in, uh, you know, running for that fifth floor, and you actually being elected to transition into being in the mayoral race, what are what are some of the things that you feel that you walked away from, from that experience, having to just, one, the comptroller office uh, into transitioning to being a mayoral candidate? What were some of the takeaways from it? Yeah, it was really kind of, um, it was a little bit interesting because of all the candidates I came in at the end, right? So everybody had a little bit of a head start on me. I remember my very first day after I announced was the Chicago Teachers Union um, debate. And so if you kind of put that in perspective, I literally had like one day to start thinking in a voice that speaks for Chicago instead of a statewide voice, which which is what I've been doing for the last three years, one year of campaigning for controller and then two years at the front of, you know, the state's finances. So it took a little bit for me to kind of get my groove on um, or find my lane in terms of messaging for what my vision was for the city. 
Um, but I would say the biggest takeaway for me in this campaign was honestly what it would be probably for a lot of the others who you really find out who your friends are. Right. And yeah. you're like you're like incredibly disappointed on people uh, that you thought would be there for you right, right when you needed them. But at the same time, you're incredibly inspired by people who you would have never imagined are going to step up and, and be some of your biggest supporters and people that believe in you, right? And so yeah. it's one of those exercises that I almost feel like God made me have to go through this so that I could almost reset myself, right? And right. and for the future, because being the controller of the state of Illinois is a huge job. It's like one of the toughest jobs, is, I think, I, in I need some money. I need my check. And you need to you need to have you need to know who those people are that you can trust around you at the same time that are have your vision and are going to help you implement it. Yeah, and and uh, I'll be waiting on a, a, a I've been waiting on my check for a while. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> need you to to go into comptroller's offers and release it. Um, but no. <laughs> um, hey, you're like a big time guy now. I could never do that. I'd get like written up in the paper about that now. So you know, sorry, pal. Um, you're so help the little people, right? You're a big time guy now. So uh, you know what, what's next? What's next? What's next for us as a city? What's next for us as a state? You know, round it up for us. What's next for you? You know, uh, and and you know, tell us how uh, what, what how does our future look for everyone? Yeah, great question. I'm going to keep working super hard, as I have from day one, uh, running for control. When I got elected, you know, it was like a trial by fire immediately into the frying pan with the governor. And thankfully, now we have a new governor, and I look forward to working with him. And, you know, I have the most incredible staff that, like, they don't really work under pressure at all. We've, as a consultant, we really had to keep this, this state from derailing the last few years. And so now, into more policy instead of always being at war with Governor Rauner. And for me, that's exciting stuff because the controller's office really is at the nexus of everything that's happening in state government. And one of the reasons why I thought it would be cool as well to be mayor is because we've never had a mayor that actually knows and understands and loves the rest of the state the way I do, right? So I felt like there's always this huge division between Chicago and the rest of the state. In the last two years, I've been working hard traveling the whole state to to get rid of that, right? Because we're all better if we're working together. But there's so much work that needs to be done. And I, I look forward to working with Lori, as I'm sure you do, because Chicago is instrumental to the success of the whole state. Yeah. And so if we have a good working relationship between the governor and the mayor and the controller, I mean, there's really nothing we can't do, right, to help yeah. Illinois move forward and help our city um, you know, progress. And, and I think we've got a good team. And most importantly, the people of Chicago have to really rally behind Lori. Yeah, there and you it's go. It's almost like these groups that are out there already saying, ah, you know, she's got to go. It's so crazy to me. It's like she hasn't even been sworn in yet. Exactly. Regardless of what side you were on, we have to give her a chance to show us what she can do for the city. Yep. And I believe it's a lot. So, you know, I, I would say whatever she needs from me, I'm going to do my best to be there to help her, and uh, I'm certainly not going to impose myself on her, uh, but I, I hope she truly believes um, that if she needs something and some advice or some help and, you know, like even what's going on in Springfield and how can we help, you know, get her, because she's got a big job super fast, right? Right. Um, we've got to get her to where she needs to be and what's going to allow her to do her job the best as possible by all of us chipping in and helping 
in really good faith. So I'm ready to go whenever she needs it. I'm sure the same is true for you and for everybody else that is uh, supporting her right now. Uh, because like I said, this isn't about us. It's about it's moving not about Chicago us. forward. And she's going to be a great leader, I think. I think that uh, she is going to be a great leader. And uh, I know that there are some bigger things ahead for you as well. And, you know, I appreciate you for all that you do. And, uh, you know, you are, are somebody that I think has such a genuine personality and genuine, genuinely want to see the state and city uh, move in the right direction. And I appreciate running alongside you. Uh, and, you know, we, we had such an amazing time on the trail. And uh, it was those moments I always take with me. So thank you so much. Uh, Miss yeah, and hey, congrats on the show. So excited for you. That's great. And I hope you have me on again, all right? But yes. in the meantime, you guys have a great weekend, everybody. And, and I'll see you on the on the city trail, as they say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Go ahead and uh, you can go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I never go to bed before like one. Whatever. Okay, thanks. Uh, we're just getting started. Have good, a good night. Thank you so much. All right. That was uh, the comptroller, uh, Susanna Mendoza, and the former mayoral candidate. And uh, I think that um, – I really think that, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about many people and many candidates. Um, what I will say is that I got a chance to really get to know a lot of these people on the campaign trail, being with them. Uh, every day for months, right? Where we go on the forums or we showing up to the same events. And, you know, it's almost like, all right, we, we all together, you yeah. know? So it's like, we all had to build that relationship. And of course, of course there's a couple that you just like, Ugh, I'm any, tired of any seeing weird, him. Any weird uh, routine habits that you discovered among some of the candidates? Routine habits? Yeah. Like sucking on their teeth or. Snorting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I saw a lot of silent uh, gas passing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, give I, us the details. Well, I saw that Willie Wilson. Um, <laughs> he, he loves talking about Willie. Yeah, I ain't talking about Willie. Yeah, look, you know, he, he had to leave uh, before it was over every mm-hmm. forum. Uh, you know, like he had something to do. Uh, and he, issues. He, he, he did that every forum. <laughs> and <laughs> everybody else would be like, why you leave every forum? <laughs> uh, and uh, any time that he had a question that he didn't want to answer, yeah. he just prayed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm serious. <laughs> wow. I'm serious. That's what he did mm-hmm. every time. You know, so that was, that was a takeaway. Um, you know, uh, uh, another takeaway with Lori mm-hmm. with, you know, when Lori gets mad, you know, you can see it on her face. Yeah. And I used to take shots at Lori. Mm-hmm. And I used to, and, and Lori remember this, and if you're listening, uh, you know, I used to, I used to, in, in the forums, take shots at her. They would be like, you can ask any candidate a question. We want candidates to ask a question. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, my question is for Lori. Why were you on the on the police board? And uh, how did you, these family? You know, I would go in on her in these forums, and that's why people people get mad at me for supporting Lori. Mm-hmm. But I've been fighting Lori for many years, and uh, as the head of the police board, and pushing her and holding her accountable even throughout this election. And she is someone that I think at this moment and believe that uh, she is going to do a good job, and I'm optimistic about that. And we need to give her a chance to do it because I know the type of leader leader she is and she's gonna stand up to the burks of the world um and you know so so when i took shots at her you know and she answered i could look at her face and be like yes i i made her mad well, <laughs> let me tell you she's extremely smart when she's i very interviewed smart. her i was thoroughly impressed with um how uh she how in depth she knew the city yeah 
And, yeah. you know, people try to stereotype her as being a, a, a North Sider, an yeah. insider, not really entrenched in the black or Latino community. But in talking to her, I kind of threw her a couple curveballs and she yeah. caught them. Like, she caught them. And I know Austin, North Blondale, right. you know, uh, Auburn Gresham. Like, she broke it down. And She's very intelligent. Probably most impressive, comprehensive plan that was laid out among any of the mayoral candidates that I Besides saw. Mine. And that I, <laughs> out of any of that the mayoral candidates, which one? She broke them down. Yeah. She broke down. Yeah. Every no, she particular she she had uh, some amazing plans. I I would go with Paul Vallis being the best at plans. I would I would say that. Yeah, but we've known his history. Well, we know his history. I'm talking about plans yeah. though, as but, far as how to move forward the city. Yeah, he had great plans on how to move forward the city. Uh, and Lori Lightfoot was another one I think that had yeah. some great plans. Like she released uh, tackling violence as a public mm-hmm. health crisis, exactly. um, and you know things of that sort. And we released some amazing plans like police officers carrying insurance policies uh, <laughs> to save us this billion dollars of police misconduct settlements. And so, you know, I think that we, we need to give her a chance. So Kira, as an activist who stood up against Lori Lightfoot at these police board meetings, how do we bring the activists together who are mad on one side, mad at me for endorsing her, mad at Lori for her for what they believe her past is and how they believe she is going to govern the city? How do we bring everybody together? Um, I really think that at this point it really comes to that Lori is mayor-elect. She is going to be mayor, and if we are going to be at the – at the threshold of change that we do have to be reasonable and we do have to speak with her because if we don't have a seat at the table, there you go. Then everything that we're doing kind of doesn't matter. And that is a lot coming from me because I'm one of those really loud voice. Always loud. (laughs) I can say that. Like I'm one of those and I, and I, I stand firm on that, but all at the same time, we really are coming off of, um, a crazy time with this Laquan McDonald case and yeah. like un- really wanting Rom to like really get out of there. So to a certain so, extent, we, we got to have both. We got to have activists on the outside. We got to have and activists on the inside. I feel, the, I feel like table. at the same time as activists. And I will say this, if we don't feel as though Lori, it was the right candidate, we failed by actually not picking a, not candidate. Picking a candidate. So therefore we now have to, Take that accountability because we—that's our favorite word in the activism world—is yep. ca- is accountability. We have to take that accountability. And say okay, and now we have to then push up a seat to the table so that way we can still bring that change that we are seeking. We can't continue to yell about it. And Lori Lightfoot has, has given me a seat at the table, and I'm gonna make sure that activists have a seat at the table, which is why we created this activist uh, and young people and council to advise her. But activists, yes, exactly. We, no, got no, act- we, we got have some. Act- we got some activists yeah. out here. You know activists. the the uh, the activists and mm-hmm. the Mark Carters of the world. All right, so we're gonna get to uh, the next hour of the show. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, this is the top of the hour right here. Uh, Bum Radio Show, Bold Uncensored Movement. What a great thing about speaking the truth is you don't have to memorize it. <laughs> let's go. Do you know how easy it is for your voice to get lost in courtroom injustice? Major forces using their power to silence you? Well, find your voice with the Parikh Law Group. 
Founded in 2010, the Perique Law Group moves away from the traditional notions of law firm practice innovative, personalized, and results-driven solutions. They have uplifted the voices of clients in cases concerning discrimination, immigration, corporations, and election law. Call the Perique Law Group today to receive a complimentary strategy session regarding your legal needs at 312-725-3476. Once again, that's 312-725-3476. The Perique Law Group will make sure your voice is heard.